Hey friends, I'm Emily Jordan, and this is Emily Jordan Radio. My work is all about helping women feel like the fullest, most badass versions of themselves. Because I think women are pretty great, and the world is pretty great when we show up confidently as who we are. I lead online group coaching programs for girls and women. I'm a women's personal trainer, and I also work one-on-one with women to help them discover who they are, help them like who that is, and then help them fully embody that person in all areas of their lives. This podcast is a collection of conversations, solo episodes, and short meditations in hopes of providing you with authentic, fun, relatable, educational, and inspirational content to help you become the fullest, most badass version of yourself. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Okay, hello, my friends. It's been a minute since I've recorded a solo episode like this. And oh my gosh, I just feel like there's so much to catch up on and so much to talk about, so much that I want to share with you and vent about and update you on. So I'm pretty excited for today's episode. We're going to cover a lot of ground and I am just chilling in my bedroom, relaxing, um, ready to tell you how life has been lately. So I was going to have just a really focused concentrated episode on something like my new eating habits or what I've learned from COVID. But like I said, there's just so much that I actually want to share. And also, I think that you might be interested to hear. And also, also, I just really did not want to give an entire episode to COVID talk because it feels like that's literally all we talk about everywhere all the time. So I'm going to touch on it for sure because it's obviously something that's happening and it's relevant. But I refuse to devote an entire episode to talking about how I'm dealing with COVID. So I went ahead and made a list of all the things I want to talk about because that's just the type of person I am. And also because I figured it would help you decide whether you wanted to continue listening or not. And maybe um, it'll just help get you intrigued about what's coming. So here's what we have on the agenda today. First up, I want to come right out the gates with my recent gut health and body image discoveries. This has been a really huge part of 2020 for me, just sort of incidentally. And I really want to talk about this because I know that it's going to be helpful and enlightening for a lot of you listening. But I also want to talk about it because, like I said, it's just been a big part of my year. So we're going to start by talking about some gut health and some body image stuff. And that's gonna kind of naturally lead into the second thing I wanna update you on, which is some new movement things, a new kind of approach and mentality that I have towards my exercise and movement goals, the execution, enjoyment, all of that, which is kind of linked to a lot of the discovery and learning I did and I'm still doing around my gut health and body image. So this is gonna be a nice little segment here at the beginning. And then, I want to talk about body school, which if you're new here or don't follow me on Instagram, um, then you have no idea what that is. And I'll explain it more later. But for now, just know that body school is my current group coaching program for women. And we're about to close out a session right now. Actually, at the time that this is being recorded, we are already closed. And it's just been so much fun and so empowering from both sides, from the client side and the coach side. So I want to share about that. And then finally, I do want to finish with two things that also kind of go hand in hand, which is how COVID has impacted my life and my business, and also just how my mental health and mindset has been partly due to COVID, but I also think just due to the way that I live and operate sometimes, if that makes sense. 
So buckle up, lace up, cozy up, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. Get ready to chill with me for a minute. Thanks for being here and let's get started. Okay, so I don't even know where to get started on this first one, actually. My gut health and intertwined body image story slash discoveries. Um, clearly, well, I say clearly, I suppose this could be your very first exposure to me, but I'm assuming it's not. If you've been in my circle for a while, you know that body image is a big part of my work and my coaching and something I've personally struggled with and I'm just really excited to talk about and examine and unpack. And my own personal body image has gone from pretty lacking to neutral to most days very healthy and honestly just not really on my radar that much. Of course, I have my ups and downs, but overall, I feel like I'm at a pretty good place now. And a lot of that is due to really working on and addressing my relationship with food and the way that I was eating and moving in order to try and look a certain way. Like food used to be just all about how it affected my appearance. So learning about food in a different way and finding out that I can look at it and use it differently um, inherently impacted my body image because eating became and has become less about looks and more about health for me. And then after that realization, my whole life and focus just became about being the healthiest version of myself versus being the leanest or the smallest or the best looking or whatever. And so that's why these two things, body image and gut health, are related. So let's talk about gut health then. So um, poop, <laughs> gas, stomach aches. Let's talk about it all. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's icky. And like, oh my God, we're not supposed to talk about that. I can't believe you just said that out loud. But addressing my gut health seriously changed the game for me. Like, no exaggeration in all aspects of my life. And I'm finding out that poor gut health is more common than we think because it's this nasty, weird thing to talk about. So we never talk about it. And so we think that it's not that common. Um, but because of that, I want to talk about it. Um, I want to bring it to light. So I have had digestive issues of some sort for a while now. Things like constipation, gas, being irregular, bloating, stomach aches, the basics, you know? And I honestly truly didn't think any of that was like that weird or unusual. I thought like, you know, you have a stomach ache because you ate too much or you ate too fast or you're just gassy because you ate a weird combination of stuff. You're bloated because that's just how your body's responding to what you ate, whatever. Like I didn't think it was an issue that could be solved, even though I was definitely uncomfortable and envious of people who seemed like everything was working well down there. I'd really just given in to the belief that, you know what, this is just my body, this is just my digestive system, it is what it is. I'm not like dying or missing out on life or anything. I'm just uncomfortable. And sometimes it's embarrassing, but it's fine. Now, keep in mind all of this, these symptoms and this mentality about the symptoms were in conjunction with basically a bodybuilding diet. Um, I am in no way saying I'm a bodybuilder, okay? Um, I did not eat perfectly, but that was basically the diet protocol I was following. Egg whites and veggies, maybe some toast for breakfast, gum to keep me from thinking about food during the day, some protein and veggie for lunch, um, rice cakes and protein shake in the afternoon, protein and veggie, and maybe some rice for dinner. Um, I was eating low-fat everything, low-cal or no-cal everything, I was really focused on macros over ingredients, um, pretty much always calorie counting, lots of water and water flavorings like Crystal Light, stuff like that. Just 
pretty much exactly what I saw bodybuilding women on YouTube eating and drinking um, because I thought they looked great. So I thought I'm just going to eat like them. And we can talk about how problematic that is another day. Okay, so I'm eating like that. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm having all those symptoms. I'm kind of suspecting that something is up with my digestion, but I'm just assuming that it's not fixable. And it's really not that big of a deal. It's just big enough of a deal for me to be thinking about it a lot. Um, But eventually, after following enough gut health people on Instagram, because you know, gut health is like just trendy all of a sudden, I think I just got fed up and I was like, I'm going to take charge of this and I'm going to really figure out how I can make this better. So you may remember back in, I guess, September or October of 2019, I did Whole30. I recorded an episode on that experience. Um, I felt great. And one thing I took away from that was the alleviation of a lot of my digestive issues. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So I thought back to that and I was like, maybe the answer is just to eat that way all the time and not stray from that list of foods because maybe I just have a super sensitive stomach and I can't tolerate XYZ. So I thought maybe I just need to eat Whole30 forever. Well... If you've ever done Whole30, you know how sad that life sounds. It's a great experiment and that's exactly what it is, but it's not meant to be a sustainable diet. It would be actually really difficult and inconvenient to be Whole30 every day forever because it eliminates so much food. And the point of it is not to stay that way, but to use the Whole30 to figure out through elimination and reintroduction what foods are triggers for you. So while I did think about maybe trying it again, I kind of also like knew better and I wasn't really excited to eliminate everything from my diet again. So I wandered into Barnes and Noble one day um, with this stuff on my mind. I bought a book called The Microbiome Solution. I will link these books um, that I'm gonna talk about in the show notes. Um, I read it, I was totally wowed. I was like, oh my gosh, this lady is talking about me. She's talking to me. And around that time, a local gastroenterologist here in Charleston also released a book, which is now like a New York Times bestseller. So it's not just a local book, Um, but the book is called Fiber Fueled. And it's all about gut health as well. A lovely friend of mine gave me a copy. I read it in like two days because I felt like he was, again, literally talking to me. And I decided to take the advice of the authors of both of these books, who are both doctors, and I decided to implement it. And it was more or less the same thing um, from both books. Most of our health issues stem from the gut. And in order to optimize your overall health, you need to optimize your gut health. To optimize your gut health, you need to establish healthy gut bacteria, which is done through a number of different methods, one of them being a plant-based diet and diversity of plants in your diet. And part of me was freaking out like, okay, but what about meat? What about protein? Like, again, I was working out and eating like a quote unquote bodybuilder because I wanted to be lean and muscular. So my first thoughts are like, am I going to be able to get this physique without meat and protein? Um, But the other part of me was like, well, clearly you don't feel good. And everything he writes about in this book says that you can feel great. Like it's possible. So why don't you just try it? And I did. And within one week, of following his protocol. So the fiber fueled book actually has like a a plan to follow. I believe actually both of them do, but the fiber fueled one, it's a lot more um, like built out and accessible for me. So within one week of following the protocol from fiber fueled, um, which is literally just eat more plants, (laughs) I felt so much different. 
And for the sake of helping you and putting my ego aside, I just want to clarify what I mean when I say that I felt different because I feel like you hear a lot of these stories of people who are like, my gut health improved so much. And you're like, but what does that mean? Um, especially if you are someone who struggles like I did and still somewhat do with gut health issues. You kind of want to know like, okay, what are the nitty gritty details? Like, is this going to help me? So here's what I mean when I say I felt way different. Um, first and foremost, my gas was significantly less. <laughs> it decreased a lot. Um, I was going to the bathroom more regularly. And not that this next thing was a goal at all, but I think it goes to show how much my body really was not processing foods appropriately. Um, but I lost four pounds in a week. And I did weigh myself um, genuinely out of curiosity. This was not, I, I promise, like, genuinely not a weight loss focused thing. This was all about me feeling better. Um, but again, I think that the weight loss just goes to show how much food I was like holding on to and not, I guess, using appropriately. So I kept eating this way, not because I was losing weight. Um, and for the record, I guess I did not continue to lose weight. It's not like I lost four pounds every week. I don't think I've lost any weight since then, but I did kind of stop weighing myself. So that's just totally not the point of this. But I kept eating this way because I felt good. Um, I wasn't bloated or having stomach aches after I ate. I wasn't relying on coffee to help me go to the bathroom in the mornings. I was sleeping better. Like I'm still sleeping so hard and I wasn't stinky either. <laughs> so for me, I found pretty much 100% relief from my digestive issues from changing my diet to honestly pretty much all the way vegan. Just like inherently it wasn't, I, I didn't like intentionally go vegan, but I cut out dairy and I ate a lot of vegetables. So a lot of what I eat just happens to be, happens to be vegan. Um, I still have ice cream sometimes and I don't immediately revert back to my old symptoms. It's not like I eat ice cream and, or meat or something. And I'm just like, Oh my God, now I'm constipated. Like, yeah, I notice a difference and sometimes I get a stomach ache, but it's more so when those things are consistently in my diet. Um, and again, I'm not vegan for ethical reasons and I do still have eggs or things that have eggs in them. Um, I'll still get like a turkey burger sometimes when we go out to eat or like a turkey sandwich when we go to a deli or a cafe. I am not like, I'm a vegan, I'm a vegetarian. I'm just literally eating more plants and eating lots of different plants um, and really just focusing on eating whole unprocessed foods as much as possible. I did also find that sugar and fake sugars, like sugar alcohols, and things like sucralose and aspartame, um, all those other like names that you'll see on labels, were causing me personally issues. So all that gum and no-cal and sugar-free, uh, or like Crystal Light Walden Farms calorie-free maple syrup, like, oh, I used to eat that all the time. But that had to go. So I got my digestion under control. And like I said at the beginning of this spiel, Changing the way I thought about food and the way I made choices about what to eat also changed the way that I saw my body. Instead of being so focused on, oh my God, what are these carbs going to do to the number on the scale? I am now like, oh my God, how many vegetables can I get in this salad? Because I know this is going to make my inside super happy. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's super true. I was and am like genuinely excited to eat nutrients and nutritious foods. Whereas in the past, I was literally just focused on calories and macronutrients and how lean my body looked. So there's that. Um, once I addressed that, it also made me rethink the way I was working out and just being active in general. Like I said previously, I literally just 
trained like a bodybuilder. And that was most, if not all of my exposure to fitness on Instagram and YouTube was girls who are bikini competitors or like physique athletes or even powerlifters. And I thought, well, I mean, these people look great. I'm going to work out like them. I'm just going to do what they do. And years and years ago, when I was first learning how to work out, this was super fun and it was fine. And it's still fun. Don't get me wrong. But now I also like I love to run, I love to bike, I started swimming last year, I tried boxing, and I wanted to be able to like do cool things and not just say, which for the record, I never even like have opportunities to say these things, but I wanna be able to do cool things rather than just say, I can squat X amount or I can bench X amount. Um, Essentially, I just realized, you know what, I'm not a bodybuilder um, or a competitive power lifter. If I want to compete in something like that one day, okay, I will adopt that lifestyle, that diet, that lifting regimen. But right now, that is not me or what I want to be doing. So why am I like being so hard on myself to adhere to that kind of lifting routine and schedule? And on top of that, your body just really isn't meant to make progress as a power lifter and a half marathon runner at the same time. <laughs> Those are very conflicting goals. And when I had this like really stupidly obvious epiphany, I felt so free to try new things and invest in different types of movement. So I was going to do a triathlon this year, but COVID canceled that. Um, I did manage to join a gymnastics gym, which has been super fun. I started doing adult gymnastics. Um, I have let myself devote more time to running and just less time to a strict lifting schedule because that's just what feels good to me right now. And that's something I want to be doing and progressing is in my running. Basically, I just loosened up from that strict leg day, back day, chest day schedule. And I started focusing on consistency and growth and progress. But I also said, if this is about doing cool stuff, like doing a backflip or doing a walking handstand or learning to box, then maybe you should train like that instead of just like sit here and want to be able to do those things, but refusing to alter your training to get good at them, right? So my workout regimen, which I really prefer to just call movement instead of workout or exercise, I'll touch on that in a minute, has shifted significantly in order to include the things that I want to be able to do and things that are fun and different rather than that old bodybuilding approach that I was really only sticking with out of fear, to be completely honest. Um, Fear of what would happen to my physique if I tried something else. Because like I said, when I first started learning how to work out, that's what I did and that's what worked and that's what got me results. And so now, four or five plus years later, I'm like, what if I don't lift like that? What am I going to look like? Um, So anyway, circling back to that little slight change in wordage that I mentioned a couple seconds ago, shifting my vocabulary from exercise and workout to just movement. So it's not that I never use these words anymore or that I'm afraid to call a workout a workout or that I think the term exercise is like unhealthy or negative. It's just that I think movement is more inclusive and it covers more things. And when we think of things as exercise or a workout, I think it's really easy to have a negative relationship or connotation of these words. And for me, because I got so focused on, I got to work out, I need to exercise, I know I need to work out today. It became all about working out and exercising as a means of losing weight or just not gaining weight pretty much. Um, Whereas for me, the word movement feels like it's coming from a place of, I just need to move my body because that's what my body's made to do and that's what's good for me. And if that looks like gymnastics on a Saturday morning, cool. 
that's movement. If that looks like just a walk after work with Michael, movement. If it's a full-blown gym session, bodybuilding style workout, that's movement. But this was more about shifting my mindset and mentality that I had about working out and just giving myself freedom to think about exercise and workouts in a broader sense, which for me has been healthier and better. This totally may not be a thing for everyone, but I really believe that the way we talk to ourselves about things and the words we use do make a difference. So this has been really helpful for me personally. All right, moving right along, let's talk about body school. So you may already know about body school, which is one of my coaching programs. Um, Depending on how you know me or what connection you have to my work, like I said, you may already know about this, but just to give you a brief recap, body school is pretty much my flagship coaching program, meaning it's my first and kind of signature program at the moment. Um, It's for women only. It runs for eight weeks and it consists of weekly lessons and homework, individual coaching calls, group calls, um, challenges. And it's really all about taking control of your physical health, your confidence and your body image. It's figuring out how you feel, why you feel that way, what you want um, and how to get it. And really just doing a lot of that deep seated internal work so that you can do the external work that you want. Um, I'm a firm believer that it's not superficial to do the superficial work, meaning it's not shallow or self-absorbed to want to be physically healthy or have a physical body that makes you happy, that makes you happy to look at. Now, if that's the only source of your happiness or you're staking all of your confidence on, I'll be happy and I'll do X, Y, Z when I look a certain way or when I'm a certain size, that is also problematic. But I do believe there is a healthy meaningful way to approach physical health and changing your body but it does start from the inside so body school is about doing that inner work first and then being guided through the external work by a certified fitness professional aka me so you can figure out what you actually need to do and what's going to work in order to make the physical changes you're wanting to make so at the time this episode airs we have officially finished this round of body school and man there were just so many like victorious moments and realizations, so many good conversations, um, tears, questions. And I'll be honest, even as a coach and as the quote unquote leader and person that these women are looking to for help, I get nervous at the start of every single session. And I get nervous before every call because I know what's at stake here. Um, I know that I'm helping women make a huge change in their lives and I'm coaching them through some stuff that they might not have ever uncovered before, which can be really hard and scary and emotional. And because I take this stuff so seriously, I get nervous. I get nervous about like, am I saying the right thing? Am I, am I showing up fully? Am I holding the right kind of space for these people? I get nervous that maybe I'm like not going to be helpful. Um, but after the very first call we had together over eight weeks ago, I just felt so full and reassured that... I was in the right place doing something so real and so true for me and who I am. I was just so full. That's the best way to put it. And watching women who at the beginning of the program were nervous about the investment, nervous about whether or not this was really going to work or if they would just be the same people in eight weeks, watching them grow and dig in and do the work um, has been so cool. So cool. It's been so rewarding. And while I'm 100% going to offer more programs and more coaching opportunities like body school, 
you are the first to hear the news that body school as it just happened, like the way that it just ran, probably will not happen like that again. And not because anything was wrong, not because like it didn't go well, it went amazing, like I just said, but because I really want to build something even deeper and more encompassing than the format in which it just took place. So if you're curious about what's coming or you want to learn more about any of my current coaching opportunities while that is um, being built, head to my website, which I'm going to link in the show notes, but it's just my name, emilyjordan.me, me. Okay, so speaking of work, let's move into the last bit of this catch up and talk about how COVID has impacted my life, my work, my business, my mental health, all that fun stuff. So... It's currently mid-August, which means we are, what, five months into this thing. Charleston is not taking this virus like a champ. We kind of suck. We are still a red zone, I believe. We do have a mask ordinance. Our cases are, I'm pretty sure, going down now for the most part. I think early July was like our peak. Um, So that's the status of the virus here restaurants are open for limited like indoor dining some are open for outdoor dining only um some places are just straight up closed we don't have you know any large gatherings that stuff's not allowed like most everywhere i think um and i think for me while things are pretty close to back to life pre-covid what still feels off to me besides like only seeing people's eyes behind masks now is just how like not spontaneous we can be I feel like you can't just go to a cafe or call a friend and hang out like everything feels like you have to be a lot more thoughtful and like plan it out a little more which is just you know a thing it's not oh my god this is so hard this is so annoying um it's just something we're living with it's something we're working around so that's now things are pretty okay now I guess um but it hasn't been this way the whole time One thing I've said the entire time this has been going on is that for me, I've been having more of a delayed reaction to everything. Everything seems to be hitting me later than it actually happens. Like I don't really feel the effects of something until it's been happening for a while. And also I feel like I don't realize how something is impacting me or has been impacting me until it's gone. Um, I'm not even good at predicting how the absence of something is going to make me feel. Like, I wouldn't have assumed before this, um, what's the big deal if restaurants close? We don't even go out that much. So what if I can't go to work at a coffee shop? I love my home office. How is social distancing going to be an issue? Like, I couldn't imagine how this stuff would be damaging to me. And I keep saying how much I never realized how social my life was and how much I was getting from that social socialization Because previously, I never really thought I was being that social. Like, I don't hang out with friends on a weekly basis. We don't go to bars. We don't go to parties. I wasn't going to weddings or, like, traveling, going to happy hours. So it's not like I'm missing those things because I wasn't doing them before. But I think there's so much more to being social than just those classic, directly social things. And that's what I'm realizing. Um, Being out in public with strangers is social. Sitting in a waiting room in a group of people is social. Uh, My work was social. Getting a pedicure felt social. Hearing stories from other people being social felt social. So now that we truly are pretty isolated and just on edge when we are in groups of people, like we're made to feel like, don't get too close, don't breathe on me, don't touch me, all of that. It feels so lonely and so 
alone. I didn't imagine feeling this way and it really took a few weeks, maybe even a month or so into this whole thing for that feeling to really hit me. At the very beginning of this, um, honestly, I was almost having fun and I felt really guilty for feeling that way. I remember at some point in March knowing now how monumental this period is. It seems like I would remember the exact day, but I remember at some point in March, Michael came home um, from work on a Friday with all of his like work construction plans and his literal like computer desktops and all this stuff. And he was like, well, we're being sent home until at least May we have to work from home now. And I was like, what? What? How's that even happen? If you're from the South or I don't know, even another part of the country where there are different types of weather disasters. But if you're from the South, you know how when there's a hurricane coming and you're always like, I mean, I guess I'll prep. I'll buy my groceries and water or whatever, but I doubt this is going to be a big deal. Like, you know that feeling? That's how I was feeling when this first started. Like, all right, if this is making the news and professionals are panicking, like, I guess I'll take it seriously, but probably not going to be that big of a deal, right? And so Michael started working from home and I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, I'm going to have my like best friend with me here all day because I already work primarily from home. And then my personal training literally stopped all the way, like zero clients wanting to train. So I was then home all day and it was just not as fun. It was just hard. It was hard for both of us to be home in the same room trying to work together. And I felt really embarrassed also for Michael to see what I did all day when I didn't train because while I know that it's work and I know I'm doing something, because it's done all by myself and mostly on my computer or just by letting myself like have some time to think and germinate ideas, I felt like, oh my God, I'm seeing, like Michael's gonna think I do nothing all day and that I contribute nothing, that I am a lazy like mooching partner. I was having all these thoughts. And on top of that, like I said, my main source of income was all dried up. And even if it weren't dried up, right before this thing happened, my old gym went out of business. So I had nowhere to train, even if my clients were comfortable working out with me. So then I'm like, okay, I have some savings. I have a partner. We're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. This isn't going to last that long. I was telling myself all this stuff in my head, but in reality, I was like, how is this fine? Like, how is not working okay? For a couple weeks, um, it was nice to be home together. Like I said, it was nice to have some space. It was nice to breathe and create and game plan and break the routine, you know. But it's August, and I feel like in March, I was anticipating things falling apart and then coming back together. Like, that's the natural process of destruction, right? Things crumble and then things come back together. But instead, it's more like everything fell apart and then just stayed apart. And it's like, okay, now rebuild something functional, but without half of the pieces you started with. So it's been a really big lesson for me in quit trying to put things back to the way that they were and just build something new. Let go of trying to make it look like the old thing. But that is super hard. It's a lot harder than I would have imagined. Now I do have a place to train. It is awesome. Um, It's even better than where I was, which is in itself a testament to one of my favorite Liz Gilbert quotes that I've leaned on heavily in this time as well, which is ruin is a gift. Ruin is the road to transformation. Um, 
had it not been for that ruin of my gym closing and me needing to find a new place, I wouldn't have been able to up level the place that I'm bringing my clients. Um, Michael is now working one week at the office and one week home, which is pretty fun because we get to have like a different type of day and routine every week or every other week. At this point, most of my clients are back for training, which is great. It's it's so fun. I mean, obviously on an income front, that's great. But it's also just I feel like a normal person again. I started offering home training while my gym was closed and while people were like not comfortable in a gym environment. So I'm still offering home training, which is, again, super fun. And another thing that really only arose due to the pandemic. So I'm really trying to appreciate that mindset of, you're not in control. And that's a good thing because things can go better than you can imagine if you just let them. This seems like a pretty net negative situation, right? COVID does, but I'm determined to make it a net positive, which means there are going to be negatives and hard things and sad things along the way. But I really want to come out overall positive. Um, I want to come out having learned something, having left behind mindsets and habits that were not serving me. And maybe we're actually even hindering my best work from coming out, right? So that's where I'm at now. Um, I was actually going to talk more about this, honestly, but you know what? I think we've all had enough. I think we all know how this is impacting us. Um, And you don't need to hear the nitty gritty details of losing money and missing friends and wanting to just mindlessly go about your day because those are your own nitty gritty details too. Like these are not unique to me. But I will leave you with some of my big takeaways and things that I'm reminding myself so that maybe they can help you too. I mentioned that Liz Gilbert quote, which I love, but I also wrote something myself a while back that I have come back to several times. And it says, I am of the deep belief that there is a force much beyond our comprehension, weaving together for us a life much beyond our wildest dreams. For a lot of us, COVID is a force far beyond our comprehension. And initially, things we can't understand and can't wrap our heads around cause us discomfort, fear, anxiety, stress. We like things nicely wrapped up, things we know what to do with, right? That is not the situation at all. But what if the outcome of this in six months or one year, whatever, is a life beyond our wildest dreams? What if this is ultimately a positive thing? What if it's the thing that pisses us off so bad that we get off our asses and do that thing that we've been thinking about doing? What if it's the thing that makes us appreciate our loved ones even harder and it makes this upcoming holiday season or the next family gathering like that much more special and magical, right? What if it helps us be more creative, think differently, embrace the small things more? I think overall, we're all just struggling so much with losing control or the feeling of control because how much were we really in control in the first place, you know? But for me, it's so comforting to know that I don't have to be in control and things can not only still go on, but they can go on even better than little old me is able to make them go on. Which brings me to the last idea that has come up for me frequently as I struggle with a new sense of productivity and a new way of conducting business, a new type of creativity, all of that. And it's kind of just a section from a book by Parker Palmer called The Active Life. And it's this idea that we actually don't make things happen. Um, We think we do. We think we make things happen. But really, it's our intentions and our alignment 
and who we are that puts us in the right place to be a part of the things that we want to happen. So for me, while work looks really different during this time, I'm struggling with thinking, I need to do more. I need to make blank happen. I need to do X, Y, Z. But really what I need to do and what we all need to do is be the type of people who can navigate whatever happens. Um, The type of person who is prepared when that opportunity that we do want comes to life for us. It doesn't mean that it's pointless to take action or that we shouldn't try to put legs on the things that we want to happen. It just means we're not God. Uh, We're not in control. We don't make things happen and we don't stop things from happening either. Things are going to happen like viruses and we're going to have to move through and with them. We can't control this thing, but we can control who we are and what we're about. And that's what I'm constantly trying to remember and put into action because man, it's easy to just get hung up on wanting to do, 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 just like do my way out of this thing, right? But what I'm focusing on to help myself uh, and to handle this time is less doing and more being. COVID has a thousand percent changed the way that we have to do things, but it doesn't have to change who and how we are. So that's where I'm at and it's tough. I'll be honest, it's a lot easier to give in to what my ego thinks is going to make me feel better, which is just doing, doing, like doing more stuff, no downtime, no breaks, keep pushing. But I'm trying to give in to the tougher lesson from COVID, which is ride the wave, feel it out, um, lean into uncertainty, and also like just breathe. Life is beautiful. (laughs) All right, so there we are. You're all caught up. If you want to stay even more caught up and in the know with me and my day-to-day, you should come find me on Instagram because that's where I'm at on a daily basis. If you aren't there with me already, I'm going to link that in the notes as well. And if you're not a blog subscriber, that would be a fun place to keep up with me too. I try to write about once a week. Um, If you're a current subscriber, get ready for a different style of writing and sharing because I've just been feeling different lately. I've been feeling a different flow coming on. So stay tuned. Or come check it out wherever you're at. Okay, friends, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you liked the style of this where I kind of just chat and share some personal things, do let me know so I know whether or not to make more episodes like this. Um, Or if you have other things you want to hear about, let me know that too. And I'll do my best to honor your request. As always, thank you for listening. Thanks for being you. And I will be back with you in the next episode.